Dog Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. What normally happens is I'll work out and I'll get a lot of muscle, but I won't lose any weight. So then when I don't work out like that, it just turns back into fat. I really need to lose weight. I need to, the calories, you know what I mean? Well, you know what they say, the the whole like abs are made in the kitchen, not in the gym. Right. Because most people, you do a handful of core exercises, nothing major. You'll have abs it's just yeah. that in order to see them right you got to trim away everything else but i actually like the idea that you're like sleeper muscle man like nobody <laughs> knows but you got a, a bunch of bricks underneath there that's true but i'm getting older and my knees and my ankles need relief you got to understand like well you know we've known each other long enough I was 140 pounds until I was 27 years old. And now, and I've been to over 200 for, even when I was like, had no stomach and I was doing the tower climbing stuff, uh, like the radio towers, I was still over 200 pounds and I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have any belly, (laughs) but it, it just all turned to muscle, but I never lost any weight. See, this is why when you say things like you're getting older, I'm in denial because that means that I'm getting older as well. No, you're not. Georgia and um, Tennessee are in two different time zones. So I can still eat these praline pecans and I'll be just fine? Yeah, as long as your time zone goes slower than mine. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And we're See, fine. you're full of this wisdom, mm-hmm. some of which I thought you should share with our listeners. So tell me about this rule for like contractors or employers or right. what were you telling yeah. me? Yeah. So earlier in, when we were just talking amongst us and some of the, uh, the paid people on the chat on the pre-show, I was talking about my experience in general contracting, construction, things like that. When I started getting management meeting people and seeing how things work. So if a contractor, construction worker, whatever comes up to you and I mean, whether you're hiring them or going to work for them, if they shake your hand and tell you their first and last name, like, hi, I'm Joe Smith. And there's one thing you'll learn about me real quick is I might not be, I might not be the most pleasant person to talk to, but I'm always going to tell you the truth. I'm a straight shooter. If they do those two things, do not hire them. And if you do go to work for them, know that they will steal from you at some point. So protect yourself. Got it. So first name, last name, straight shooter. Mm -hmm. And I've been in the market a long time. And that rule has never failed me. Noted. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people in the chat have had experiences like that. It's always a little awkward, right? It's like, hi, I'm 
you know, John Smith or whatever. And, but they say it like you, you should know who that person is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're just like, uh, yeah, man. Cool. That's why I'm always appreciative whenever I meet someone famous or noteworthy, even if it's just false humility, uh-huh. I appreciate that they will introduce themselves as if I have no idea who they are. It's sort of the opposite. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. In your industry, it's a little different because these people are known to other people a little bit differently. I think. <laughs> well, mine. Yeah. Prime example, uh, Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo fam does not say anything other than, hi, I'm Mark. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, we like that. Wait, wait till you ask. Yeah, because like if I ask you, oh, what's your last name? Uh, I like that. Don't say your last name. It's better, I think. Trying to feels like you're trying to connect to me on the same level. Whereas when somebody comes up and it's like very telling you their first and last name, feels like you're trying to dominate the situation. I don't really feel like being dominated. It feels transactional. Yeah. It feels like they're trying to give you all of the information you would need in order to begin transacting. Right, but they're taking control of the conversation. It's a very control-oriented way of introducing you. Like, oh, I'm going to give you everything you need because I'm going to control the pace of this conversation. As opposed to like giving your first name and letting the other person ask for your last name, where you're not taking control of the conversation. I think it's a dominating. It's it's about dominate at least for the people that I am speaking about. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm confusing domination with an attempt to dominate. Like that's not actually taking control. That's telling me how little control you have. Right. I I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But I, um, I think we're kind of saying with, the same thing. But with a with most people, a lot of I think there's a lot of people who will. Uh, I don't know how to say this without making it sound bad, but like you know how dogs, most dogs, don't want to be the alpha. Like there are very few dogs that actually do want to be the alpha. In fact. So many are the alpha that don't really want to be. There's just no other dog that'll do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Most dogs want to be, they don't want to have to do the alpha thing in a pack. They want to just, they they don't want to have to worry. So like, I think people are the same way. A lot of people. So like when somebody does that, they're like, they yield the dominant position to them. Just out of laziness. Yeah, maybe. Because I do get that. I do get the idea of, oh, well, you're going to take charge? Great. I don't like it. (laughs) Uh, For one, I don't trust somebody who does that because they've always done me wrong. And and two, we're just introducing each other. Like, we're introducing ourselves. Why does one of us have to be in some controlling 
in control of the the conversation. We why can't we just have a conversation about whatever we're having to talk about? Right. So, in that, I I, yeah. I I just mean generally, like if if someone's going to, it's the difference between ordering from the prefix menu, yeah, and having the cheesecake factory menu. It's like I said, it's never failed me with contractors. Uh, but in your situation, I think it's a little, it, it's a different thing with the kind of people that you probably interact with. I would have to be in that situation to really feel it out, I think. But but note to everybody who owns a house, don't hire that guy, the tree service guy, the guy remodeling your bathroom. Don't. I. It may be wrong. One out of. I don't know, 10, 15 times, but it's right. The other nine to 14. So, right. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent. Like if you mistakenly turn away one solid contractor. Yeah. While saving yourself from having to deal with nine terrible ones, you've made the right call. Agreed. I live by it. There's one thing in contract work and sales work that I'm good at, like door-to-door sales. I don't know about software sales and things like that, but door-to-door sales and contractor sales, I'm good at hiring. I know the person I hire for those positions. I have been great at that every time that I'm put in a position to do it. So... I don't know how I know these things, but I do. It's mostly feeling, really. There are certain tells that I, I've picked up that I, but it's something that I was doing that I'm figuring out what I was doing. You know, I just was doing it. And then I'm like, well, why did I feel that way? Experience, quite the teacher. It is. So if I can pass that down to anybody, you know, take that. And roll with it. Let's become a bunch of rich libertarians, please. Because <laughs> uh, the more wealth we have, the more we can protect ourselves. One could argue that the more libertarian we all become, the richer we all become. Yeah. We could we could say the entire world will we'll get richer the more people that become libertarian. Even the non-libertarian places will become richer. I will say just as a caveat that a handful of people will not get richer temporarily temporarily but in quality of life over over time even the poorest of shit places will become more wealthy all of us proles will absolutely become more wealthy but i will say that's one of the more ironic things about the eat the rich movement. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they don't realize that that just makes the bottom go down further too. Yeah. Cause you take the top down, your bottom goes down further. You just, it's still the same depth. The ocean is still this deep. So if the top comes down then the bottom's going down, well, it's the tail wagging the dog. It's not about making the rich people less rich. It's about making everyone else wealthier, fixing the loopholes, fixing the monopolies, shrinking the state, 
And what will end up happening is those rich folks will unfortunately become a bit less rich. But I also believe that it won't be very long until... I don't see how you could fix a loophole with with the government that... Well, that's what I'm well, saying. That, I mean, that if <laughs> there's no fixing the loophole, they are the loophole. Yeah, I mean, with a free market, unfortunately, though, like the super duper rich people that you see today, they're not going to stay like that because the the free market, the monopolies, are not going to have them anymore <laughs> because all the government, you know, controls will be gone over time. The free market will win. And and the good ideas will go ahead. It's like, uh, I mean, it, it, if we really think about it, I mean, when when cars became a thing, Ford, Chevy, Pontiac, Oldsmobile, blah blah blah, all popped up. Everybody started lobbying the government for regulations on car building and whatnot, and then no new ones started to happen. In. And then the best lobbyers started eating up the other one but there's no new car companies like even when scion came out it's just toyota it's like little kid division so you're telling me that like in all this time if we were in a free market there wouldn't be a bunch of new car companies and chevy wouldn't be around no more ford probably wouldn't be around you know like i'm sorry but car companies would go under in a free market well, it is funny because, you know, you were talking about software and tech and internet and in the age of the internet from the 90s all the way through, honestly, just a few short years ago, it was largely unregulated. Yeah, there were there were regulations from day one, really, but. In the grand scheme of things, it wasn't enough of regulatory capture to see the kind of monopolies that we saw in like automobiles and things like that. Right. And you'll see these like moving infographics talking about like the number one search or the number one website or the number one retailer and like all these things. And every couple of years, whatever that alleged monopoly is would fall. Oh, I remember with you, uh, Yahoo, when they bought MySpace, was the end of them. And there was a fuck. There was so many articles that came out after they bought MySpace. It said Yahoo has won the internet browser. They're the like nobody has a chance anymore. They are the thing, and that was like right when they were like right as they were gonna fall. Hey, there was articles like that. Well, yeah, yeah. Who, whoever it is, AOL, Yahoo, they yeah. all buy each other. Like it just rolls along. And what's funny is we've seen in these last few years a handful of companies start staying at the top, mm-hmm. but and, not providing anything new. They're just stagnant. And what? do those companies have in common? Is it that they lease? (laughs) Is it that they innovate? Or is it that they lease infrastructure to governments? Is it that they also act as 
assets to the intelligence community in a way that has now been publicized. Yeah. And on that note, I think I should throw a little white pill out there and say that I have heard on not only from Michael Malice on one podcast that I listened to, but on, uh, I think it was even the Joe Rogan show. Somebody mentioned that Elon Musk is reading the white pill right now. So that's a white pill. I mean, could you imagine if like somebody convinced him? <laughs> Especially with Michael Malice, like a troll. Convinced Elon Musk to not become communist? Uh, to, I don't know, swayed him even more in the Liberty way. I mean, anything we can do. We got Eric Clapton. Not that long ago. And he's been around for a while and he changed his mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> Did he change his mind or is he becoming senile? What do you mean senile? What's he doing in the senile? I haven't heard anything senile out of him. I, I haven't heard anything out of him. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just guessing just based on his age, but that makes me, my ageism is mm. coming out here a bit. I'll actually say, while some people will kind of go off the deep end later in life on the senile thing, if he was one that switched during pandemic, that makes sense. Cause a he lot did. of people, I think he openly did. He got a lot of flack for it too. Got it. Okay. That makes more sense. Cause I think that was one of the biggest overplayed hands mm-hmm. in certainly our nation's history. But as I, awful as it, as it was, it might have saved our children. What 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 do we as fathers want? You're a father. I'm a father. We want. We know that our country and things are going in a bad direction. We want the bottom to hit now. It's on our shoulders. That a way we can handle that for our children, and then by the time they're out there trying to do it on their own. Like all the shit that our parents and their parents have fucked up. Like we've felt that and we fix it. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what we want as parents. That's what I want as a parent. When I, when I wasn't a parent, I was like, you know, hold that shit off or burn it down. But like, wait till I'm over here. But now I, I want to change things now so my kids don't have to go through it. Well, and that's a good point because we are learning the lesson and shouldering the burden of the decisions largely started by baby boomers. Yeah, it really is. And and I know that has to be painful for them as parents. I I think some of them are certainly in denial because they're like, Oh, well you can do this or you could do this when they just have to know that it's completely different now. Mm -hmm. I know my, my, my father's mind isn't there enough to, I mean, he's, he's not like dementia or anything, but he's just not there enough to, to really, 
change. But there's things that he's changed a lot on. <laughs> mm. uh, there are certain things that he has definitely changed on, but like a philosophical change, I don't, I don't think his mind's there for that. My mother, while she may be in her seventies, she has gone from a a moderate Republican. I'm talking the worst kind. I'm talking Lindsey Graham, moderate Republican, to a Almost an ANCAP. Definitely a minarchist. Hmm. She's one Rothbard book away from being an ANCAP. Well, I think this series of unfortunate events is what might be turning those things on their head. Because, like you say, as a parent, all you want is for your children and grandchildren to have it better than you had it. And I know that a lot of the boomers are struggling right now with a realization that that might not be true for them mm-hmm. because we can yeah, say there's a lot of polls that say that this is the first generation, our generation, the X, well, X and millennials yeah. and, first generation to actually be worse off and their their parents in so many years or whatever and and sure we can we can put all the asterisks in and say you know globally we're doing way better in terms of right we've poverty we've, and food things like that but like when yeah, we're talking starvation about, we've pretty much eliminated yeah yeah but when we're talking about the developed nations in the west and we'll just go ahead and say specifically the U.S. Right. If you purely talk about economics, basics, things like that, yeah, we have the internet in our pockets, mm-hmm. but innovation That's- through technology doesn't always mean that you're economically better off. Right. I mean, we we can look at it. I I know a lot of my friends growing up that their mothers didn't work like they worked they worked their ass off at the house taking care of the kids and cooking and cleaning and doing housework and calling the calling the 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 water company and telling them oh your bill's wrong and all all the stuff that we do online now we have to do that online because we have to go to work. Like everybody in the household goes to work just to, to make it, you know, make the next mortgage payment or whatever nowadays in so many households, so many households. And that's not, a that's not better. That's worse. <laughs> uh, if you can live in a, you know, a, a, middle-class neighborhood on one paycheck, but now you have to do it on two. That's sacrificing a lot. That's a big deal. So, And and you can look at it in a few different ways. Like I, I know we're going to go to the state and it's manipulation of the money supply and the way that it's backed. And we could go to all that, but you can even go with just, simple supply and demand around forcing women into the workforce. 
right? If you have a million people in the labor market uh-huh. paying for a million homes, and then you have two million people in the labor market paying for a million homes, well, now you feel like you can charge double for a home. And if anyone wants to now play in that housing market, they're going to have to have two incomes. Right. So you could look at it a few different ways, but. It all comes down to money manipulation still, though, because people aren't going to naturally do that. I mean, I know that people will say they will, you know, women will always say, I'd go, you know, I'm a career woman. But like that's not that's not true because like most most people, I mean, look, well, I can tell you it's not true for a fact because the moment somebody said, "Hey, we're going to shut down the globe for two weeks," how many people were like, "Absolutely," they didn't question, not because they were scared of COVID, because they were getting two weeks off. That's why. Because people don't want to work. People want the maximum amount of stuff for the minimum amount of output. Right? Well, yeah, I mean we could we can immediately remove the feminist piece of it by just saying, I'll work six months and my wife will work six months out of the year. Like that just fixes it entirely it's still the same right. amount of labor there's no it's split amongst there's nothing us. about feminism at all i'm sorry but like uh, it's it's i'm not saying that it can't be the woman that works i'm just saying like most of the time it's a woman who wants to would rather be home with the kids or what if one of us is going to be home with the kids a lot of times it's a woman who says it, i want it to be me okay that doesn't mean that that job's easier. In fact, there's if you do it right, it's really fucking hard. It's actually kind of easy to do it shitty. But to do it right, or to try your best to do it right, is hard. Very fucking hard. So it's there's nothing... There's It's very noble to do that job. So there's, there's nothing to take away from that. Uh... But that aside, it could be the guy and the girl can go to work. There's nothing sexist about this situation. The problem is, is that both of you have to now. You didn't have to do that before. That's because the dollar is not worth shit. Oh, I make so much more than my mom did. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because if, if they could buy a house with one income, and you can't buy that house with that income or the equivalent today, then then no, you don't make more. Like the units you make more of, but like what they're worth, what they can do is nothing. And that's that's really what you make is what you can get with it. That's why the gold standard was such a good, like so much better. That's why alternative, uh, I, I don't see us ever going back to gold standard, at least in U.S. currency, if the United States stays a thing. Um, but competing currency, if we allow for competing currency, take some of the regulations off of that, and 
competing currency can um, can bring honesty to dishonest money supplies, if you know what I mean. Uh, and that could be a thing that that could that could help. Um, there, there's tons of ideas out there. There's so many books on it, so much literature, so many people smarter than me have already written about all of this. And I've read a lot of their writings and uh, it can only comprehend a smidgen of it. But there are fixes for what we're going through. We don't have to be, we don't have to work this hard to survive. The problem is, is like our dollars being de- devalued, they're taking let's say, 30% just in income tax not to mention the the sin tax, the sales tax, the the this t- the labor tax. If you think about every tax that's taxed on anything, ultimately is passed down to the person who buys it because they have to raise the price to pay for the tax. Every company that pays a tax. So if you think about let's say a copper fitting that you got to buy to fix your plumbing. So the mining company that pays their miners, it has to pay 7%, seven cents on the dollar in taxes for every payroll dollar they give to their miners. Right. Then to whatever taxes they have in whatever they're doing. I, I, who knows the amount of taxes they pay for food or whatever they're supplying. Uh, when they buy whatever the, the material they need, the masks and whatnot, safety equipment for the miners. That's all passed on to like, that's just to the copper ore and the copper ore people are bagging that stuff and they're paying employees seven cents on the dollar taxes. All of that stuff happens. And then the ore goes to the factory and the smelters, and they're paying seven cents on the dollar to those people. All of that is added to the cost of that fitting that you're going to buy. The only reason why it doesn't cost a zillion dollars is because, like, gotten so goddamn efficient at it that they've been able to, like, put it out there and still only charge you, you know, four dollars for it. Even with all that tax, and most of it is taxes at that point. It's gotten so efficient that, like, the reason you're still paying four dollars instead of like three cents for it is because everybody who was in the process of making that fitting, all the way from the miners, the ore guys, the the smelters, the the mold makers for the fitting, all that stuff, paying for all the business licenses and all that adds to that fitting cost. I mean, what what is what does that fitting really cost? Probably not, hardly nothing, in real life. I can I can tell you what it actually costs. Yeah, because as a contractor, my name is Bart Thurtonike, and I'm a straight shooter. It costs a lot. 